Ah, clear, cool water refreshes the soul. We're going to talk a little bit today about water that refreshes the soul, because that's really what the church is all about. That's why we come together. That's why we serve God. That's our hope. That's our faith. Uh, But I want to unpack that a little bit, because uh, today on Mother's Day, we're um, looking at one of the Old Testament parables that speaks about, really, the New Testament, even though people didn't understand it back then. So we're going to start here in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47, and I hope you have uh, a Bible in front of you. I would encourage you to turn to Ezekiel. It's right between uh, Lamentations and Daniel, and we're in chapter 47, when Ezekiel sees this vision uh, uh, with, with God communicating to him. We're going to look at it in three segments, three parts, three-part outline. Um, and we're going to start here in verse 1 of chapter 47. It says, The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me up through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. So I want us to, to uh, look at this picture, because the first, first part of the first paragraph here we're looking at We're going to title that God Prompts the Source. Notice what the source of this water is. It's coming from the temple under the threshold. I saw it coming out from under the threshold. Now, what is under the threshold? It's the foundation. So the very foundation of our relationship with God is where the water is coming from. This, This flows downward from there. So we have to ask ourselves, okay, for New Testament Christians, what's this saying to us? Uh, What's the picture trying to visualize? We call it a parable, which means there's a hidden story in here. And uh, really, we learn this from John chapter 4, verses 10 through 14. It says, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. She said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You are are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us this well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. So Jesus is talking about our Christian walk. He's talking about what the, the, the nature of God, the essence of God, the spirit of God brings once he comes into our life. He brings us alive, uh, brings us new 
uh, new direction, new hope, new everything. This is why I'm always encouraging people to come to Christ and surrender their life to Him and open their heart up to Him because it's the Spirit of God that comes into a believer that gives us the hope and the life that we have as believers. Uh, many hear about the work of the Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does, the signs and wonders, the miracles, but they never really get in to the river. They never really get in to the water. They never really get in to the Spirit. They, they, it's all up here. It's all up in their head. We're talking about going deeper in our faith, deeper in our walk with God. Uh, so that's the first part. I want us to see that God prompts the source of the water that comes out. It, notice it's, it's a trickle. It's just trickling. A trickle isn't much water, but it's a beginning. And God starts in us like a trickle. He wants to do something great, but it starts just with a trickle. So you may feel that you don't have a whole lot of the Holy Spirit that all of us are talking about. That's okay. It starts with a trickle. And it grows, as we're going to see as we go into the next portion of our story here. In, uh, in verse, we're going to read verses 3 through 5. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand and now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. So we see when God's communicating about the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, it starts with a trickle, but it grows, it increases, it becomes greater and greater. That's what the church should be in the world today, not becoming lesser and lesser, but greater and greater. But we have forgotten the Holy Spirit. We've forgotten to make room for the life, the river that flows and grows and increases. And my, my goal today is to motivate us to want to go deeper in a walk with the Holy Spirit, the life that the Spirit gives, which is like a river starting with a trickle and ending up over our head. So the second uh, part here is God provides the course of the river. The, the river has a course. It has a channel, as all rivers do. They cut their way through ground. And we're, we're going to talk about God providing the course now, notice it said there was a man in this vision, this man that had a measuring line in his hand. A measuring line is, is how we uh, uh, measure construction. This was like a surveying tool. It measured. I remember when my wife and I uh, built our house years ago, we had the contractor come out to the field that we had purchased uh, and he wanted to know what the starting point would be in the house. Well, I don't know anything about building or construction, so I was. we had a floor plan we had picked out, but he's, he had to have a starting point. And it's really hard when you have no point of reference and you're standing out in a bean field and you, have, you don't know where to start. Should it be over here a little bit, over there a little bit? He couldn't do anything till I determined the starting point. 
And I finally, I said, okay, we want to walk out basement, so we have to use this hill. Let's start right here. And he drove a stake in the ground. And from that point, then he could measure. And we ended up having our house. Somebody's got to have a starting point. God establishes a starting point. He establishes the banks of the river and the course the river's going to follow. It's kind of like what Jesus said in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. It says, On that last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit. Do we see here that the New Testament is interpreting the mystery of the Old Testament? That river flowing out of the temple, from within the temple, flowing down, represents the Holy Spirit, the nature, the essence of God within us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of us, and this river flows out of us, giving life to where, wherever it goes. This is the interpretation. So, what we're learning from our story here is it grows from a trickle to water that's ankle deep. He wades into the water ankle deep. His feet got cold. I'm sure just like you going swimming in the lake for the first time this year, you're going to go ankle deep and you're going to stop a minute because it's kind of a shock to your system that water's cold. You're not used to that cold. So you stand there a little bit before you go a little bit deeper. You let your feet get acclimated to the change before you go deeper. Going ankle deep represents a believer that just goes ankle deep into the river of faith. Just, just getting uh, in there. It's, it's like saying the sinner's prayer. It's sinner's prayer deep. Jesus, forgive my sin. Come into my heart. I commit my life to you. Lead me and guide me in Jesus' name. Sinner's prayer. Very simple. But you only got your feet in there. You need to go a little bit deeper. That's just the beginning. Praise God, that's the beginning. But you got to go deeper. Because as long as you're standing ankle deep, you are still in control of your life. How's that working for you? I think for a lot of us, we're not happy with the way our life is right now because we're only standing ankle deep. It's time to go deeper and invite the Spirit, the essence, the nature of God that indwells a believer living inside of us. Let Him begin to take control. So he goes a little deeper. Now he's up to his knees. That represents a knee-deep Christian. A knee-deep Christian is one who is growing. They're, they are in the flow they're growing, they're expanding, they're developing. They can feel the tug of the current of the river, but they still got both feet on the ground. They're still in solid control. They're resisting the flow of where God wants to take them. Might that be you? If that's you, I would encourage you, let go of control. Let go of trying to resist everything because you think you have all the answers. God has a far better answer than you. Just trust Him. So, he's knee-deep now, so he goes a little bit deeper, steps in a little further, and now he's up to his waist, waist-deep. That's pretty cool when you can get waist-deep in the Spirit of God, 
God begins to have a greater and greater influence in your life, but ways deep is half in, half out. One foot in the world, the other foot in the faith. I think God wants us to go all the way in. He wants us to cut that tether. He wants us to go deeper. So uh, what would we say to someone who's a, uh, a waist-deep Christian? John 3.30 says, He must become greater. This is John the Baptist speaking. He must become greater. I must become less. We got to get out of the way. We have to let Jesus come in. We got we to get down into the water. We just have to do that. So then he goes out deeper yet. Notice it's, it's a thousand cubits. Each, each of these measurements is a thousand cubits. They say a cubit uh, is an old measurement that's a, approximately from the, the tip of your middle finger down to your elbow. That's approximately 18 inches. People used to be shorter back then than they are today. A thousand of those, that's almost a third of a mile. So that's, this is a considerable river he's wading out into. So now he goes the fourth third, or the fourth um, cubit, thousand cubits, and he's in over his head. He's lost control. He's in this water. He's got to swim in it. He, no, one, no one can go to the other side. He finds out the further he gets in it, the bigger it is until he realizes, this is over my head. I've lost control. Can't get to the other side. I'm reminded that Jesus said in John 15, 15, when he's talking about the parable of the vine and the branches, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. We can do plenty in the flesh, but we can't do anything in the spirit without Jesus. We need to go deeper. We need to get deeper into this flow. So let me give you three things that we have to do if we want to get deeper, we want to get out there over our head deep and trusting God to control and, and cover our lives. Here's number one. You've got to embrace the river. And you don't understand the river. The river flows from God. The, the course the river's taken is designed by Him. He's leading us, He's guiding us, taking us where He wants us to go. It's like a current that's moving in our life, pulling us here and there, opening this door, closing that door. The Spirit is leading us deeper into where He wants us to go. You've got to embrace that. The river is the move of the Spirit of God for you in your life, in our church. We've got to embrace it, not be afraid of it. Here's the second thing we must do. We must rely on God because this is over our head. We can't control it anymore. The current is moving us where he wants us to go, and it's not us choosing it. So when you're over your head, you can't support yourself anymore. You just have to rely on God at work in your life. I'm reminded of Peter on the boat when they're out fishing and they saw Jesus walking past them as if he's going to go right on by, walking on the water. How could he walk on the water? 
physical bodies are too heavy to walk on water, they sink. And when Peter recognized Jesus was actually overcoming nature, overcoming the natural path by walking on the water, he said, Lord, if that's really you, invite me to walk on the water with you. And Jesus said, come. He didn't give him an explanation of how to do it. He just said, come. Peter got down out of the boat, and lo and behold, he started walking on the water too. It's an amazing miracle that was happening until he looked around and he saw the waves and he began to think and he began to, to, to try to figure out what's happening and the more he thought, the more he sunk because he felt like he wanted to be in control and he had, you're losing control if you're going to walk on the water. So perhaps you're stuck in your spiritual life right where you are. And what the Lord's saying to you is you need to go out into deeper water. You need to get out there deeper. Because there is an ample supply. There is plenty there. And God wants to go on that journey with you. Oh, and here's the third thing you have to do if you want to go deeper in the Spirit. You must go where the river takes you. You don't know where you're going. But the river is the current, the flow of God, and God is moving us someplace. He's moving our church someplace that I'm a little bit insecure with, because now that, now that with COVID-19 and we've had to go uh, online with our, with our church program, it, it's, it's over my head. I don't know how to work this equipment. I don't know how to do all these things. I don't know how to make, make church change. But nobody has told us we have to close our doors We've just adapted. The church is the church, and we've just adapted to our circumstances. So you've got to go where the river takes you. There's uh, another part of the story that we don't want to miss. It's starting here in verse 6. It says, He asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, that's the Jordan River Valley, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. And where the river flows, everything will live. Listen to that, church. Where the river flows, everything will live. Are you getting excited? Because I am. Jump down to verse 12. He says, fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both sides of the river. Their leaves will not wither, and, and, uh, nor will their fruit fall, fail. Every month they will bear fruit, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food, and their leaves for healing. Here's the third part. God propels the force, the current, the movement of the waters. And there's, have, have you noticed that sometimes in your spiritual life, it's like God isn't moving? 
and other times he's moving faster than you want? It's because God propels the force of this flow, this river that we're a part of. Now notice as it flows down, there's nothing feeding into it. Now the Mississippi River, for example, here in our country, at its headwaters is three feet deep. But where the Mississippi River empties into the Gulf of Mexico, it's over a mile wide. Because there's all these, feeder, all these feeding streams and, and brooks and, and rivers flowing into it. So it gets bigger and bigger. But with this river, it gets bigger and bigger with nothing feeding into it. Because its source is God. I'm so glad I serve a God like that. That just keeps pouring into my life. And so he tells him to get out of the water and brings him back to the bank so he can get a better view. You see, sometimes when you're in the current, when you're in the river, you can't see the effects of what's happening on either side. But now he takes him out so that he can see the effects. And so he takes him out of the river and he's standing on the bank and he tells him to look and he begins seeing the changes in the world around him. You can't see that while you're going through it. But you can later. So where is the flow taking us? Let me give you three parts to that. Here's the first one. It's taking us downward. Water always flows downward. doesn't flow up unless it's under pressure like a geyser at Yellowstone. Then it, then it goes up. Water always follows the path of least resistance. It's always flowing down. And God is always flowing down. And the Spirit of God inside of me is always, it's always flowing down to people who are lower spiritually than I am. I can't, I can't do much to help people who are higher spiritually than I can, but I can help people that are lower spiritually than I can. So it's taken us downward. Only two things stop the downward flow of the river. The first is cold. That water freezes, turns into a glacier. It moves very slow, but it keeps right on moving. And there's sometimes the church is moving like a glacier, very slow, but it moves everything out of the way as it moves. The other thing that keeps the river from flowing downhill is a dam. And I think some of us just may have a, a, a flesh dam in our life that's keeping the spirit from flowing. We need to trust God to remove the dam, blast it open so we can keep going, and take the good news to people who are lower spiritually than we are, always investing in someone else. Here's the second thing we need to do, or where it's going to take us, rather. It's going to take us to the Dead Sea Zone. It's always flowing to the Dead Sea Zone. God's Word is always ministering to people who are dead. It's always ministering to people who have no life. It always wants to raise up the dead bones and turn it into something alive. The river flows to the Dead Sea Zone. So we need to ask ourselves, am I, am I a container or am I a conduit? Am I a reservoir or am I a river? I want God to flow through me. What he pours into me should be pouring back out again. And I hope you stay in the same place. Because everywhere the river flows, everything lives. It brings life to everything. 
The flow of the Spirit should bring life to the church. It should bring life to your job. It should bring life to your marriage. It should bring life to your physical body. It should bring life to your finances. Because that's the flow of the Spirit. And here's the third thing we learn. Where's that water going? It's going to where healing is needed. On both sides, on both sides of, the, of this flow is river that's flowing. Brings life to everything. Even Jesus took water and turned it into wine. He can take your broken life and turn it into something alive if we let him. So one more, one more scripture I want to share to connect the Old Testament prophecy to the New. I'm reading here Revelation chapter 22 at the very end of the New Testament Revelation, verses 1 and 2. It says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river there stood the tree of life, singular, one tree on each side of the river, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of nations." You see how the book of Revelation at the end lines up with what was said here in the book of Ezekiel. God is revealing His truth to us. So, God is using us as the river flows, as the move of the Spirit flows, He's using us to take His message to a lost world, to bring life to a dead world, to bring health to a sick world. I think we're at the right time. I think we're alive at the proper time when God wants to do something great. If there's something you want to you ask of God on how you can get deeper in the flow of the Spirit, maybe you need to click that live prayer and let someone pray with you and agree with you and partner with you so you can get deeper in the river. And remember, the water, the river, represents the Holy Spirit, the life of God, the flow of God, the power of God in your life and mine. He's a good God, and He loves us. Let's press in. Reach out, grab a hold of the Spirit of God. That's how God communicates with us in these last days, is through His Spirit. Let's allow Him to do that. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Invite him into your life.